0: Today's sponsor is Every Plate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that there were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, Every Plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let EveryPlate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. EveryPlate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try Every Plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE 179 Again, that's a per meal at EveryPlate.com with the code Selfie179. Today's episode is sponsored by Somavedic. Somavedic is a device that combines an Eastern approach to health and wellness with modern-day technology. If you have a lot of devices in your home, as most of us do, then there are hundreds of signals floating through the air at any given moment. This is called EMF, and some people are really sensitive to it and believe that it can cause some not great things in the body as a result of all of these free radicals bouncing around. If you're concerned with the unwanted influences of electromagnetic radiation or geopathic zones, you'll appreciate somavetic. Somavetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals
1: we also want to look at the
0: defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about periods and how we manage self-care in the midst of some of those unpleasant symptoms. We're going to be looking at the second facet of the Myers-Briggs personality types, which is intuition versus sensing, and how that plays into our own self-care. And then To keep it fun and light, we're gonna talk about brow shaping and how to get your eyebrows on fleek. Do the kids (laughs) still say that, Sarah? (laughs) I think I think they
1: don't. I don't think they say that anymore, Kristen. Uh, I think I just showed my age. Oh yeah. You just need a pipe. Are you embarrassed for me right now? I I, I am so, I, my face is bright red. No, no. I mean, what do you say instead? I have no idea. I'm already, know. I'm getting all hot and bothered getting ready to talk about this whole period thing. You're having a hot flash just <laughs> thinking about talking
0: about periods.
1: Well, I wasn't going to say this, but um, I am currently um, having some PMS symptoms. So I don't really know oh. if this is the best time for me to start raging on the topic <laughs> of periods, but I'm really going to try to keep it civil. Okay. OK. Right. But I would like to state for the record, stating for the record, I do believe that if this was something that men had to deal with, mm-hmm. I think there would be a multi million dollar study being funded yes. by the US government on ways to help and figure it out. I do agree.
0: Uh-huh. I do agree.
1: Yes. But you know, we're so res- resilient, us women. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we can handle, we can take it all. We can do it mm-hmm. all, can't we? Sure. Okay, so let's talk about periods. This is something that, Kristen, you even mentioned on last week's podcast, that it's one of those things that you're not really setting out to talk about. But if you had a couple of glasses of wine or what have you, women, especially our age in late 30s and early 40s, it is a hot topic. It is. And it's funny because, you know, if
0: you recall, at least for me, it was pretty hot topic when you were 12, 13, 14. (laughs) It's like you get together with your friends and everyone's talking about periods. And then I feel like you go through your 20s and 30s and you kind of you manage. Right. And then in your 40s, all of my friends are just like, what the hell is happening? Seriously, big changes. Big changes. Well, let's talk about some of those changes. For those of you who are not yet in your 40s, um, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. It's not super fun. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. We're we're
1: not having fun. (laughs) We're not having fun. Go. Turn back. Go. Yeah. Turn back. Go the other way. Please run, run away. Okay. So let's look at it from two different perspectives. Let's just look at what's actually happening in our bodies. So I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, but in your late 30s, you start this lovely process called perimenopause. Yes, you out there, 37-year-old, and you're like, what? yeah. Just such a gross, unflattering word. It really is, but... It is such a gross, unflattering thing to go through. So maybe it, it just, you know, that's right yeah, together. It fits. It but fits. But es- essentially, you know, we've had some hormones. We we've never been finely tuned, but we're pretty close. And as you enter your late thirties and early forties everything starts to go haywire. Hormones are all over the place and they're super erratic. And one month can look completely different than the month following or the month before. So it's kind of like a crazy free for all and you never know what to expect. So some of the emotional symptoms, <laughs> which we <laughs> oh, you know, wow. irritability, weepiness, um, mental exhaustion, Check. Check. Uh, Check. Check. One of the things I've noticed as I'm getting older in my 40s are more cognitive problems that I'm seeing or issues like my comprehension (laughs) isn't quite there. There's a mental fuzziness. Yeah. Lots of times an inability to communicate verbally effectively. I don't know if and that you ever you feel happens. like
0: all of that emotional stuff has ramped up in the last couple
1: years for you? Or was it always there oh, a little bit? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm one of those people, you can hit me if you want, that I really thought PMS was total bullshit <gasps> in my 20s and 30s. I oh, wow. never, I never. I mean, I had, you know, a, a day of bloating, maybe just feeling a little bit irritable the day before. Nothing like what I'm dealing with now. I never had um, mental issues, (laughs) you know, meaning like comprehension, cognitive stuff. Yeah. Like it is really I, I fancy myself a relatively sharp human being. And I feel like the days leading up to my period, I am just looking at people like, what are they even saying to me? And how do I even respond effectively? I don't even know how to use words correctly. Well, and I've always, you know, I might have had like a
0: little irritability before my period. But now it's seriously like I am in despair for three days. I can't. My irrational thinking amps up. My anxiety amps up. I seriously, I was on my period last week and I had a couple days where I just thought the world was ending. Everything has gone to everything is bad. Nothing will ever be fixed. I mean, I'm like downward
1: spiral. Oh, yeah. In my bed. It's ridiculous. Well, I will say, Kristen, everything is going to in the world, but <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know if
0: that's just wait, a period. Wait a minute. Is this, is this our perimenopause or is this actually
1: lining up with certain world events?
0: <laughs>
1: is it perimenopause or is it Trump? I don't know. I well, don't know. so Thanks, yes. Trump. Yeah, thanks a lot for ruining our lives. Um, okay, so we're an emotional wreck,
0: but then there's also some additional physical symptoms. Yes. Bloating, obviously. No. GI but, issues. But let me tell you what I have experienced in a number of my girlfriends. And this is the thing that, that, that women I know in my age range are really talking about. It gets super heavy. Mm-hmm. And erratic. So, you know, I've always had relatively heavy periods, but I mean, I've got friends and I've had it happen myself who were just having like bleed outs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're grown ass women who know how to handle our periods. Mm -hmm. And it's like all of a sudden we're back. I mean, I have a really good friend who is like, I don't even I can't even leave the house because I don't know what's going to happen. So the flow is heavier. The clotting is heavier. Um. Because I guess essentially our uterine lining is like later.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I don't live here anymore. I don't, you don't need me anymore. I'm out. See you later. I'm one of those people. I, you know, my period, the actual menses, the bleeding part is seven days and (gasps) seven, yeah, seven days. Oh, and just real quickly, just for you to like do the math in your head, my cycle is 26 days. So just do the math on that one. How many days I'm bleeding per month? It's, it's not good. And, and then when
0: you're not bleeding yet, you're cuckoo. So I'm ovulating and having
1: anxiety <laughs> a week. a oh, oh, good week, a month. I you have one good, good week, week a month, every month and on my heaviest days, I have to wear a tampon, a pad no. and thinks period panties, all three, all three oh, at the word. same time. Yeah. This, I used to have a period that lasted maybe two days, two, three days. And now it's like, I'm living in a period I'm living, I'm living a period. So yes, things really have intensified. And not only that, when you're talking about, this is such a great topic. I'm sure people are just loving talking about blood clots coming out of your vagina. But, um, let's also talk about the physical fatigue, the achiness, the ovulation pains. So it's not just when you're having your period.
0: No, (laughs) it's like you're, yeah, during ovulation, my little, what are they called? Oh my gosh, I can't even think of the word. Ovaries? Ovaries. ovaries. Your ovaries? My daughter freaking knows the word. My 12 year old (laughs) knows the word. This is the brain fog where you just, you can't recall words. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, my
1: ovaries are like twingy when I'm ovulating. Oh, I have downright just pain, straight (sighs) up pain during ovulation. And then we have night sweats, hot. Flashes, chills, all the good Mm -hmm. stuff. So, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of women out there our age that are listening to this that are nodding their heads right now. We probably can, like, stop with the laundry list of all of the symptoms. But really, Uh I feel like you could go on for days. It just goes on and on and on. And then we talked a little bit earlier about PMS, how it's increasing with age. And I will say that I've done a little bit of, like, research myself with using myself as my own study. And, you know, it really is... It really depends on what you're eating that Uh, month, what you're how much you're exercising, how much stress you're under, environmental stressors, um, collective stressors like our political climate those are all dictating the level of our hormones, which are I know, whack-a-doodle. I know.
0: It's so true. And it's like, you don't want to hear it because I know, you know, for many of us, we're struggling to eat well. Um, we're struggling to get that exercise in, but you, it, it is so true that those two things do contribute.
1: Yes. And we are going to look into that a little bit further into this on solutions and some things that have maybe worked for us. Mm-hmm. Um, having to do with all this, but you know, circling back to the whole PMS, the whole perimenopause thing, you know, it, it does start in the late thirties. Um, it's very erratic. The periods change. Like we've talked about the link, they may link them. The cycle itself may shorten. Everyone's really different. But the one thing is that we all realize that something is different. Something is not working at all. And so a lot of women these days have been turning to hormone testing have you right. like, do you have friends that are doing that? I have friends that are doing it and I did it myself because I was so frustrated
0: and I, I did not show any abnormality in terms of my hormones. Um, but at the same time, and here's a question because I just went to a regular doctor. So he tested my hormones one time. So I feel like how do they really get a baseline if they only test it once? Like, is this the kind of thing where you need to go to like a naturopath or someone who's taking it more seriously?
1: Well, yes and no. So obviously naturopaths are going to be uh, more specific in looking at your hormone panels. But this is what I have to say. And this might be an unpopular opinion. But like we've talked about hormones being so erratic, every month is completely different. I don't see how it's possible to get a good picture of what your hormones are doing. I think you're right. You know, case in point, I had hormone testing done too through a naturopath. I did it three different times. I tested the first time and they said, oh, you know, your progesterone is super low. And I used to be a pharmaceutical rep and I used to actually sell progesterone. So I do know a fair amount about the sex hormones. So she said, you know, that's probably why you're having erratic sleep and maybe not feeling so great maybe bloating. And all we have to do is give you a little bit of this bioidentical progesterone and Mm -hmm. you're going to be feeling so much better. And um, bioidentical, just meaning that the compound itself is the same molecular level as Mm -hmm. the hormones that you have endogenously. So I said, okay, great. So, you know, they send this prescription off to a compounding pharmacy and I pick it up. And then two months later, I go back to be tested. And what do you know? My progesterone looked great. <laughs> the trouble is, I never used the progesterone.
0: Of course you didn't.
1: Because you know me. Of course I didn't. <laughs> I bought it. I looked at it. I thought about it. But yeah. point being, you, you can't get a good read on women our age. Every month, our hormone levels are going to be insanely different than the month before. So I'm not really buying into all of that personally.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. And I just actually got a really interesting book recently called Female Brain Gone Insane. And it talks about all of this. (laughs) It's a great book. We will link it up on our website, Um, but I encourage you guys to check it out. But the thing, yeah, the thing about hormones, A, it's difficult to get a good and accurate measure because your hormones change every day of the month. B, it is often difficult to get a doctor to take your symptoms seriously. Because yes. while it may be debilitating for you, you know, it's like you don't have a limb falling off, you, you know, you're not at risk of, of death. And so I have found that sometimes doctors are kind of like, yeah, well, you know, you just got to manage it. Oh, so yeah. this is one of those health aspects where you really do have to advocate for yourself. Absolutely. And push and almost do your own research and then find the doctor who lines up with where you land.
1: I completely agree, and there are lots of doctors out there that are going to listen and know it is a problem I agree. and don't try to brush it under the rug. Like, oh, you're just a oh, you know, crazy female, you crazy yep. females. Which I've literally had a doctor tell me something like that before. Just oh, you know, super you know, just women your age, the serotonin drop, she feel a little dizzy. And I was like, I want to kill you. Once again, going back to what I said at the very first, and that if yeah. this was a problem men were dealing with, it would be a whole different story. Oh, but I digress.
0: Well, okay. so bioidentical hormones can be a solution for some people. It's not one I've tried yet. It's not
1: you. Did you ever try yours? I did. I did use progesterone for a while, but I just felt at the stage I am. I think in perimenopause, it's really tricky. Now, in menopause, it makes so much sense. Now, when you were actually in the act of menopause or postmenopause, Bioidentical hormone replacement is huge and can be very helpful. It's just right now, like we said, my progesterone or estro- estrogen might be looking great this month. Next month, it's horrible. And then it's back up. So it's just, to me, I didn't really notice anything. And I took it for, I think, a month or two. But I just don't think it was right at this time. Now, will I look into it further down the road in my 50s when I'm going through menopause? Absolutely.
0: Well, another way people are kind of mitigating these symptoms is with birth control, which is really another way of kind of regulating those hormone surges. Right. Um, So people are taking low doses of birth control, even if, you know, perhaps they're not concerned about the actual birth control. Um, But that has been suggested to me as well. Um, Now, I never did well on the pill. I was one of those people that I found it made me moody. I found it lowered my sex drive. I, I felt like a hormonal teenager again. But I have had many friends with good results of just being on that low dose of a birth control.
1: So have I. I've, I've heard great things about it. And, you know, it does come down to a personal decision if you're wanting to introduce synthetic hormones into yeah. your system. But at this point, and when if you're feeling like all the time, you really have to count the costs. And if a low-dose birth control, although it being synthetic if that's going to make you feel better, then I say, go for it.
0: You know, let's talk about then other solutions outside of the hormones. You and I have talked extensively about the ablation procedure, which is a way to deal. and, And the ablation procedure, basically it is a mesh that goes inside your uterus, burns the lining off and scars the tissue to the point where it doesn't really shed much or even at all anymore. So it kind of, essentially can end your period or drastically shorten them, but it doesn't do anything to the hormones. So you're still going to have your PMS, your fatigue, but it will address those heavy periods and the cramps.
1: Yes. Ablation is definitely for those that are experiencing heavy bleeding. That is the reason you get an ablation. Not really any other reasons, but it well, will. Well, ac- I think maybe heavy cramps too. Yes, well, heavy cramps obviously because you have a lot of blood that the you know mm-hmm. prostaglandins are being released and the uterus is like get out, get it out, get it out. And totally. the ablation is a super safe procedure. It, it literally takes less than five minutes. Um, I will say if anyone's learning about this for the first time while they're listening to us, it is. Um, it is a mesh. It's a surgical instrument that kind of expands once it's in your uterus and they use it. Almost the word, like a balloon. Like, yeah, yeah. Like of mesh, but it's it has nothing to do and it's not related to the mesh implants you hear about, you know, on the television that are like, did yes. you have a bladder mesh implant and now I'm suffering from blah blah blah? It's completely. When you're different. watching live T V yeah. in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes. When you're dealing with that insomnia, you know, that we talked about last yeah. week. So it is it's safe. It, I have had so many friends do it. They love it. 90% of women who have the ablation procedure have dramatically reduced periods and 50% stop having periods. So think that about that life. Amazing. So <laughs> I
0: I don't know if I told you this Sarah, but I I have an appointment for a consult um, and I'm really fingers crossed. I really want to get this procedure done.
1: I think that sounds amazing. And if you are suffering from really bad cramps and bleeding, I would say go for it. And it's really easy. All you have to do, you have a um, ultrasound done beforehand to make sure that you don't have fibroids or anything that could be causing the bleeding and the cramping and a little blood test. And then you, um, my doctors do it differently. So, some, um, actually do it in the office. I think that's kind of dwindling, but most will actually do it in a hospital where you will be put under um, just because of the discomfort of having that happen. But you're up and ready to go, you know, within 20 minutes and on your way. So I talked to my doctor about it as well. And um, one more thing I wanted to say about ablation is that when I was talking about earlier having that overall achiness and body fatigue just from your Uh period, Uh a, a lot of that is because of that prostaglandin release in the body that's helping you shed that lining. Oh. So I've heard that when you have an ablation and you're not having those prostaglandins out there trying to release the blood because there's no blood, right. that that gets rid of that whole issue <gasps> of body fatigue and achiness. I know. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> that was the selling point for me because it's something that plagues me. I just feel so achy. And yes, then obviously I do too. the cramps are horrible. Yes. And oh, my and, gosh, my cramps are back to where they were
0: when I was like 12, 13, passing too. out at school.
1: Me yeah, too. And, you know, it's they horrible. do say that perimenopause and menopause is basically going through puberty backwards. So oh, that's super fun. <laughs> I can't wait for the next decade, guys. I, can't I am either. so excited about this. Ugh. But Yeah. Ablation, I think, I think that it could work well for so many women. So that's and obviously, I think, oh, go ahead.
0: This is another one though, where you do have to advocate for yourself. Cause I will share just an anecdotal story for me. Um, I, I went to my doctor about it. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I'll send you, I'll refer you to an OBGYN. He sent me to a new OBGYN for me. And I went to see that guy and he's like, well, I don't do those. And you don't sure. need one. So then I Now I'm going to another doctor, but but the doctor I went to see didn't do them at all. So, you know, I do think sometimes if you've done your research, you know, you might get a second opinion on all this stuff.
1: Oh, I absolutely agree. It's always about finding that doctor. Same thing with the hormone testing. It's finding the doctor that's going to listen to you, that's going to address your concerns. And the good news is. When it comes to OBGYNs, there are a lot of doctors that are now listening because there are so many women dealing with this problem that it can no longer be ignored. So now is probably the best time to be talking to your doctors about this. So I'd say go for it. Now, beyond surgical, some people maybe don't want to have a surgical solution. Like we talked about earlier, exercise is huge, it really is huge in trying to regulate hormones. And it's not just that you feel PMS and you exercise. It's no.
0: that you're exercising throughout the month.
1: Throughout the month and although gentle exercise like yoga and stretching is great to regulate regulate your hormones, you have to be doing cardio. You have to be raising your heart rate for a prolonged period of time. That is the only thing that's going to affect a change in hormone which of course drives me crazy because I'm I'm a little yogi that's what I like to do I know you and just I, want to stretch <laughs> I just want like I just want to do yoga I want to do a flow but if I want to affect my hormones positively you have got to raise the heart rate that is yeah. the most important thing which I really suck at
0: <laughs> so bad I don't really enjoy it either <laughs> I, don't. I don't in I fact don't. I went to to a workout yesterday for the first time in a very long time. Good for you. And I don't feel good today. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those like sixty-minute, like high-impact interval trainings.
1: Oh, God. Was Kristen, you sound just you know like me. me. All I nothing. know, all that's how I was. It's like when I started back with Pilates. Maybe I should go once or twice a week. Oh no, I'll go yeah. every day. I'll go every day, Monday through Friday, and then I'm going to like. I ripped my hamstring or something. So I know. So maybe ease yourself into the cardio. Eat Maybe yeah. just walking around the block three times a week. Maybe just one time a week. Let's start. Let's start little. That's what I have to do, even though I want to do it all. So we have exercise. We have eating well, eating well. You gotta eat well. You really do. Eating crap do. just it is just such an instigator for hormonal problems. It really is.
0: Well, and then let's talk about supplements, both natural and, you know, there are some people who are doing also low doses of, of um, SSRIs, which are antidepressants to deal with the PMS. But in terms of more natural supplements, um, mm-hmm. I take methylated folate, which... Um, If you guys are not familiar with um, what MTHFR is, many of us, like a large percentage of the population, estimated up to 25%, have a genetic issue where we cannot process folic acid. And we need our folic acid in methylated form, which basically means our body can process it. So um, if that is something you're curious about, it might be something to, to have testing about. But so I take methylated folate. Um, or if you didn't want to go get testing, you could just make sure that your vitamins are in the methylated form. Um, so... It, in terms of the folic acid. So like what I actually take is just a daily supplement from Smarty Pants Vitamins. They're chewable, they're gummy, it feels like candy. Um, and their, their folic acid is in the form of methylated folate. So we'll link that up also because that's a great daily supplement that's not too expensive, that's very natural and all that kind of stuff. What do you take, Sarah?
1: That's a great point on the methylated folate. I take methylated folate, too, but not because I have the genetic um, mutation. Yeah, it's Just it's smart because for everyone. It's smart for everyone. So definitely look into that. And most, if you're going to go visit, let's say, Mother's Market in Southern California or Sprouts or, you know, a natural food store, there's going to be lots of op- options um, in that realm. Some other supplements you can take for PMS or this perimenopause, you know, you always want to be taking your esen- essential fatty acids, which that's really important for everyone to take, um, your EFAs. Um, mm-hmm. Now, for PMS specifically, evening primrose oil is great. A lot of I've people... tried that one. I took that for some time. Um, that one in Chaseberry. I don't know if you've heard of the Chaseberry supplement, but that is supposed supposed to help regulate hormones. It was recommended to me by a naturopath. I will say those are two things that I am told to take a lot. I have taken in the past, but there is something about it that I just don't I'm not good about taking it every day. But also I'm not super concerned with, um, PMS. I'm taking my other supplements are for other reasons. So those kind of, um, take precedent, but also magnesium. Magnesium is huge. And I can attest to that. I take my, I take magnesium every day. Um, not only because it helps with anxiety, it just Mm -hmm. is kind of a, a muscle relaxant, but it's great for cramps. So while you're Mm -hmm. having your period taking the magnesium, it's also great for my fellow migraine sufferers out there. Magnesium Uh. is amazing to take, but you have to take at least 250 milligrams once or twice a day for it to actually be effective for migraines.
0: You know what, on that, I want to make a little note about migraines too before I forget because that is another new symptom for me that goes along with my period. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took me a long time to figure that out. I just thought I'm getting migraines. So I would really recommend if you're having period-related issues, there's a great app called Flow, F-L-O, where you can track all your symptoms, you can track your period so that you can start getting a read on like, how often is this really happening? When, you know, when are I, when am I seeing symptoms showing up? So now I can start, I can know, and I even have it remind me in my phone, two days before my period, I know I'm probably going to get a migraine. And so, you know, I've got my Imitrex is what I take for it. I take it just that day, but I've got it on hand and I make sure I'm carrying it in my purse on that day. So I think getting ahead of it by watching
1: can yes. be too. That is awesome. And I did not know about that app. That sounds fantastic. It's nice. Because it all really is about preventative, too. Just getting ahead of it. Well, as you know, especially with the headaches or migraines or even with cramps. You know, they always say if you want to get ahead of it, maybe even take Motrin or whatever if that's, you know, what you take for your cramps before they start. When you know your period's starting, get that cascade going so that prostaglandin release is kind of inhibited. And it really, really helps. So... All in all, I mean, there's a lot of supplements and solutions out there. It's just, you know, trying to find what works for you in your own specific issues, because Lord knows we all have a lot of them when it comes to this.
0: <laughs> yes, we do. And, then and it...
1: I think and
0: I think we both really recommend that book, um, yes. Mel Brain Gone Insane, if you're dealing with some of these things.
1: I think that's a super book. Well, I
0: it. really do think that's another reason it's important to track, because I know for me, when I get in that downwards. spiral, downward spiral it's super helpful for me to know oh hi i'm 2 days from my period <laughs> oh yeah maybe my children aren't all going to be complete failures as adults <laughs> maybe i am being insane right now you yes. know um, i know Because it's so funny, too. I don't know if you know who Kelly Hampton is. She blogs at a blog called Enjoy the Small Things. But she posted something that made me laugh so hard on her Instagram. She said, does anybody else hide the tampons? When you realize that the fight you had with your husband the night before was really just you being <laughs> crazy, and then you get your period the next day, but you don't want him to know because oh, yeah. you don't want to be dismissed.
1: <laughs> oh, oh my God. I mean, that is my life. Just last right? night, Dustin brought home these tiles. We're getting ready to start a new renovation on a house, and he was showing me some kitchen tiles. And I just bit his head off for no reason. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I was like, I don't want those colors. Why would you even bring me that brand? You know what I want? You know what? You know what? Just do the kitchen you want because you know you're going to get it anyway. And like march off. (laughs) (laughs) Literally turned into a cuckoo crazy bird. (sighs) And he just kind of smirked because he knew. And he says it and you want to slap him when they say it. But he's like, your period's coming, right? But you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is. And I'm really sorry for yelling at you. And the last thing I have to say on this that drives me crazy is that we can sit here and rationally talk about this. But when you, when you are in the midst when of you're that in it, moment, you mm-hmm, cannot sure. see through. Yeah. It's nope. just like, nope, this, this time it's different. This time everyone's going to mm-hmm. die. This mm-hmm. time my kids are failures. This time mm-hmm. I just, it's unbelievable. It blinds it you. It, it blinds is. you. Yeah, <laughs> it is.
0: You are sure. automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their Cloud Shave Foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at Athena Club. Dot .com with the promo code selfie. That's a t h e n a c l u b.com with the promo code selfie for 20% off. but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing, I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology grade retinoid is even better. Anywhere That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at DearBrightly.com. Good times. All right. Are we ready to move into yeah. <laughs> the Myers-Briggs? Because some of this is actually related. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, you know, we have been chatting a bit about the Myers-Briggs personality type, which is just a a way. It's one of many ways of looking at your personality and trying to figure out, um, you know, what your coping mechanisms are, what your strengths, what your weaknesses are. Um, If you're not familiar with Myers-Briggs and want to learn more or want to test, we will have a link on our website, Selfiepodcast.com, where you can go and do that for free. But last week, we talked about the first facet, which was introversion versus extroversion version. And today we're going to talk about the second, which is intuition versus sensing. So I am my Myers-Briggs type is an INFJ.
1: Yes. And I am an ISFJ. So we differ on this one. This is the one
0: aspect of our personality that we differ on. And it's funny because um, I You know, last week we talked about how we were different on this and I'm like, wow, that's really surprising to me. I would have thought that Sarah was my exact personality type because we have so many similarities, in particular, how we deal with stress and coping and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, But the more I was thinking about it, the more it totally made sense. And there's a funny example from just our last little previous conversation. okay? And, and actually from our last podcast. So we've both been researching ablation. Right. And I went ahead and signed up. And you're still waiting. <laughs> or we both we did all the research on face shaving. Right. And I went ahead and bought the tinkles and I used them the first night they came. But you got it. but You haven't used it yet. And you're not sure yet. And you're still gathering information.
1: That is true. But I want to ask you this. And I know you've got a great answer for this because this is the one this is. This has always confused me about intuition versus sensing. First of all, I think the words themselves are confusing because they seem they so, are they seem synonymous. like I, I I'm sensing something. I have intuition. But then I was delving a little bit deeper into it. And then I was reading about sensing and how sensing, concrete, realistic, lives in the present, notices details, practical goes by senses. But I'm like, yeah, i I do that. But well, then let me it, help let me help you out with that. ok.
0: because I, I think, that's a common mis- misperception. And I think sensing is actually the worst word that they could have chosen for this <laughs> yeah. one. So, a lot of people use the word observer instead of sensor. So, okay. then if you think oh. of intuitives versus observers, does that make a little bit more sense?
1: Yes. But then when I look at what they list as being intuitive, you know, it's inventive, abstract, idealistic, complicated, mm-hmm. theoretical. Which to me, I see you as more of a sensing. Like I don't see you as, I mean, you are very, you, you, you can be idealistic, but at the same time, I feel like you're more grounded in reality. So this one, um, this one does confuse me a little bit.
0: Well, the way that I see myself as being intuitive is I do, I can make quick decisions. Mm-hmm. I, um, I can, I will take information in, but then I want to slam it home. I want to make goals and I want to reach the goals. Um, I overthink things. Uh, I am idealistic. Um, I make things more complicated than they need to be. Okay. Um, I don't like details. At all. Do not oh, like details. I love details. I know. <laughs> also, Sarah, I'm going to give another example of my intuitive self versus your sensing self. Okay. Our purses.
1: Okay. <laughs> Have you seen what my purse looks like? <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, my, my purse only has three things in it. Uh, I know. <laughs> and they're like super
0: clean and compact and organized. That is truth. That is and truth. My, my purse is an explosion with everything I could ever possibly need
1: in the future ever. <laughs> That's so true that I have not thought about that before. Interesting,
0: but it's really the intuition versus sense sensing is really at the end of the day It's about how we process data how we take in information and intuitives are focusing on possibilities and the future and Sensing they're they're focused on the practical the here and now, you know, what is what are the facts? What's the information that I need? Um Where, you know, intuitives are just like, la, la, la.
1: Right, right. And sensing can almost get in the way of actually doing things. Like you said, I'm such a fact gatherer. I spend so much time on the details that lots of times... I have paralysis of actually doing anything because yes. I have taken in so much information. Right. So how You're do you are a think, researcher? Yes. Oh yes. So how do you think this plays into the whole self care? Do you think that there's a difference there with self care?
0: Well, I do because I think sensing people, you know, to to manage their anxiety, they want they want to look at details they want to start working on present day solutions that's how they're going to manage their anxiety they're gonna they're gonna want to do something concrete something realistic and where you can run into trouble is when you are in times of stress and you're with someone who's more intuitive and they start future casting Mm -hmm. and then a sensing person goes like cannot compute I just need I just need to do a task I need to get something done.
1: Does that make sense? Oh, yes. I have experienced that many times. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: sensing people, it's not that they're necessarily type A, but that can be a coping mechanism for them that they want to deal, you know, deal with the facts, get things done. They're doing
1: over ideating. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense.
0: And Mm. then people who are intuitives, um, One of the things that they actually struggle with in times of stress is details, Um, even like fine motor things. Um, And so if they're in a moment of stress, like, you know, like something for me that can happen is like if I'm super stressed out and then my kid comes and asks me to tie her shoes, which is a normal task. But I'm so thinking big picture that like I'm like, I I can't tie shoes right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I'm always just thinking like I'm like macro lens way out thinking like, you know, about all the possibilities. If I have a dinner party, I just start, you know, I will work. I will work on um, the tablescaping and I will
1: forget to like make the dinner, you know, that is why we should throw dinner parties together. Yes, we would be the best dinner party hosts. Well, you together. probably
0: would have a checklist and it would be yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but and also for an, an intuitive type or the intuition, just self care wise, you would just have to really take time to focus on the details. You know, I'm going to yes. do this for myself instead of getting caught up in the whirlwind that is everything in your life, mm-hmm. just saying, I'm going to go get a pedicure today. Like that's yes. going to happen right now. Yes. You know, and so it's almost for you, it's just difficult. The act of taking care of yourself, the it details is. of how am I going to take care of myself today. Whereas right. with me, I am very much like, well, it's Sunday. I'm doing my mask. I will do my meditation in the morning. It's very detailed, right? Yeah.
0: Where intuitives want they dream and they imagine and they think about you know a hypothesis and yeah and intuitives you know in terms of like taking in information. You know, you're going to research things more than I am, right? And I even—I feel like I'm even a researcher, but I think you are too. Yeah. But I can all, i can also just go with my gut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can do that too.
1: Right. I'm I'm working on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love. I, d- I, I did d- that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in 1989. Okay. Uh-huh. I remember it. I wrote it in my diary in my journal. Uh-huh. But I'm glad we're talking about Myers-Briggs, too, just because there are some people that haven't taken the test. And I think that it will blow your mind. And we talked about it on last week's podcast, too. And we're going to link up to some of our favorite Myers-Briggs tests online and our favorite websites describing all of the personality types on SelfiePodcast.com. So that will be there. Yes. Yeah. So right. I think now, now we need to learn from you again, Kristen, because... Since I have bangs, I don't even know what my brows look like. But apparently, many people have to deal with brow shaping and taking care of brows and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So do you not... You don't do anything to your brows? (laughs) Well, my short story is that I plucked my brows like crazy when I was in college. That probably shows my age. That was a thing to have like three hairs as Mm -hmm. eyebrows. And I am one of those lucky people that they kind of just stayed. Well, I mean, they grew back, but not, not a lot. So they just kind of have a natural shape that I am okay with. And I might occasionally have to pluck a stray eyebrow once every two months, But honestly, my bangs go past my eyebrows. So no one ever sees my eyebrows unless (laughs) I'm working out. So who really gives a Yeah.
0: Well, you know, having decent eyebrows that you pluck once or twice a month. I don't know that life, so... I'll talk to the rest of us.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it could be really scary underneath my bangs. I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't know. i your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. My eyebrow
0: story is long and sorted, Not really, but kind of. But, you know, I nobody taught me about brows. My mother didn't really teach me well about makeup um, and certainly never told me anything about brows. She doesn't manage her brows super well, but I'm a natural blonde. And so my eyebrows have always been blonde, which, and the same color as my skin. So, you know, the problem there is you just look like you don't have eyebrows, which, okay, (laughs) let me, let's back up and say, first of all, Nobody has to have eyebrows. And if you don't have eyebrows and you don't care, we give you a big thumbs up. No oh, yeah. judgment. More power to you. Oh yeah. So, you know, if if you're just good on natural, that's amazing. If like me, you feel like you don't have eyebrows and it makes you look very washed out, then, you know, this conversation's for you. Um, but you know, at one point I remember like, I think I was, I think I visited a makeup counter, you know, how you used to do that. And like, they would do your makeup. And I remember them saying like, the eyebrows are the fr- a picture frame to your face. And I was like, what? Whoa. and so I have been coloring in my eyebrows ever since. But so mine have since gone from blonde to white. And I mean, white, really, which is not a good look.
1: I would never guess that ever. Well, because,
0: and mine have grown very sparse. So I don't have a lot of eyebrows. I have a couple like, you know, little patches where there aren't any. They're white. Um, And here's another fun thing about aging. They're also just growing in both directions. So they're like growing down... Almost to the crease, and they're just halfway up my forehead. I mean, if I was not taking care of myself, you know, I would just have like whiskery white giant caterpillars on my.
1: That sounds amazing. I think Mm -hmm. you should do that. It would be character, an art installation.
0: I'm I'm, I'm not going to do that. So I (laughs) do the following things to my brows. First of all, I dye them. Um, Okay, so how do you dye them, them? Well, um, I dye them. I can't I can't say you should try this at home, but this is what I do. Um, you're not supposed to do this, but I just buy, I actually use Hair Club for Men, and I will also link this up. Um, I use Hair Club for Men, um, over-the-counter brown dye. I mix it up, um, and then it's super important if you want to try dyeing your eyebrows at home that you put Vaseline on any piece of skin you don't want to be brown for a week (laughs) Okay, (laughs) because if you just go at it if you just go at it you're not just dying that dye will go in your skin so the first thing I do is I draw the shape out in relief like in opposite with Vaseline so I put Vaseline everywhere that doesn't have hair that I want it to be on my eyebrow then I take a q-tip and I paint it on the hair and I let it sit for 30 minutes and wash it out, and then my eyebrows are pretty
1: and brown. So, how often do you do this? I need to do it like every three weeks. Three weeks, okay. Yeah. That's manageable.
0: And then I shape my eyebrows. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to shape eyebrows. Um, I do mine at home with Nair.
1: <laughs> no, you do not. I do. Yeah, you know, that really hurts my non-toxic heart. I know, I know, I know. But, you know,
0: what you should do and what I should do is I should go and get them waxed. I just first of all, I hate going. And second of all, I'm the person who walks out of the waxing place and I'm bright red for like a day
1: right and plus what you told us in last week's podcast when you waxed your entire face (laughs) yes you had can break me out you had a reaction
0: (laughs) it breaks me out so that leaves me with shaving which no one should shave their eyebrows No. Unless you like have gone to beauty school. That's just taking your life in your own hands. It certainly (laughs) is.
1: (laughs) So I use the Nair to shape them. So you use the Nair. That is fascinating. Now, have you heard about microblading? I've done microblading. On your eyebrows? On my eyebrows. I did. I'm very intrigued by this process. Can you explain it a little bit? Yes, so microblading
0: is for those of us that have sparse brows. It it is, I mean, it's really a nice word for a low-key eyebrow tattoo. So with microblading, what they do is they take a very small, small blade. They cut your skin. They put tattoo dye. they, They cut your skin into the shape of your eyebrow, like little tiny whiskers. So it's almost like they're drawing them on. Um, but you're not bleeding. I mean, it's a very subtle cut, and then they put the tattoo ink over it, and then they wipe it off. And so, essentially, your eyebrows have been tattooed.
1: Okay, wait. They very subtle. Cut your skin. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I but I those. mean, it's so surface. Like it. I, I mean, I'm telling you, it didn't really hurt. Okay. Well. Yeah. I I think I've seen some people doing it recently, and their brows look pretty amazing. It's and very subtle. Not that I would ever, I mean, if I ever grow my bangs out, I'll consider it. Maybe, possibly. Who knows? Yeah,
0: but you're like, you're a brunette and you have plentiful, you know.
1: Yeah. You probably Well, I cannot, I I just, I I did not imagine that your brow shaping routine would involve Vaseline, Nair, (laughs) it's basically every petroleum-based product out there that you're wiping all over your face, but I'll get over it.
0: Well, OK, maybe <laughs> maybe your task is to find me non-toxic solutions for on this.
1: it. You know me with the research. I'll spend the next three days on it for you. How about that?
0: But Sarah, if I don't do this, who is that? I feel like there was a newscaster from our youth that had like wily white eyebrows wow That's
1: those I look like. no Caterpillars. I think you have Long, eye- eyebrow dysmorphic disorder um, I no, don't I really think don't. they're that bad I don't you've just ne-
0: you will never see me looking like that because well I I'm... spend a lot of time well you know hey self care <laughs> okay but these are all other solutions and then there's just the makeup so then I have to do makeup every day okay and I have tried every product on the market What is the best product? Mm, Well, there's different options. Um, There is, first of all, you can use eyeshadow. You know, you can use a dark brown eyeshadow. Right. Um, So I do that sometimes and I will buy an eyeshadow that you can mix with water. Um, I think it's super important that you have a good brush, an angled brow brush, um, because you want it to be, you know, thinner on the end. So brown eyeshadow is an option. Um, There are brow pens. Anastasia has a really good one um, and those stay on a little bit longer. There's a product called Brow Wonder, which if you're a female and on Facebook, you've probably been served ads for. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) (laughs) We've all seen. Um, It is a decent product. I've used it a lot. It does last. I think the color is a little gray and chalky after a full day. Um, And the brush that comes with it is a joke. So you have to buy an angled brush dip it into the bottle and do it yourself. Um, Interesting. There there are many, many product options. But I personally, I think the best um, is just good old-fashioned brown eyeshadow with an angled brush.
1: Yeah, I feel like you'd be able to control that well. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can really get in there. Plus, it's you could create those kind of feathery, lighter strokes so they exactly. don't look so drawn on.
0: Well, my mom always used, um, like a pencil, like a brown pencil, but it just, I don't know. I think it didn't look super natural.
1: Well, I'm going to fess up right now to something. Um, I, you know, I do a lot with green beauty and natural beauty, clean beauty products. I've pretty much replaced why I have, I have replaced everything in my arsenal, whether it be skincare or body care or makeup or hair care. And the one thing that I still have is my (laughs) Anastasia brow pencil. For right. when I do have my hair, my bangs pulled back, it's what I use. And I've found, I've not been able to find anything that compares in the non toxic realm. So,
0: well, Anastasia, I mean, all of her products, she is the
1: queen. She is the queen. The queen. She's the
0: queen of eyebrows. Absolutely. We'll, link up, we'll have to link up the brow pen and the brow pencil from Anastasia.
1: Yeah, we'll do that um, definitely.
0: Because it's really good.
1: Oh my gosh. So, what are we talking about next week?
0: Okay, next week. Next week, we're talking about hair care, um, which I don't know if our listeners are aware. You used to blog about hair.
1: I did. I did. I had a blog solely dedicated to hair. I like to talk about hair.
0: (laughs) There's another another little factoid about hair that I think you might need to mention.
1: (laughs) Um, Sarah, well, I was, um, featured in a Pantene commercial, a national Pantene commercial.
0: Sarah's a Pantene girl.
1: I, I, I am. I was a Pantene girl. You I am. The girls that are flipping their I hair, did listening hair. I did. I had to visit a chiropractor after two days of shooting <laughs> in LA because they made me flip my hair so many times. I literally almost broke my neck. Oh but yes, and you know, I will say for the record, I do not use Pantene anymore. I could no longer be a Pantene girl, even if they wanted because me to. It's
0: not green.
1: Not green. Not, not green. green. So we're talking about hair. Talking about and we're going to talk care. about all
0: all kinds of aspects of hair. We're going to talk, and you know, hair and aging. We're going to talk about whether or not to cover the grays. We're going to talk about how your hair texture changes as you age. We're going to talk about hair loss and breakage, which some women are dealing with. Um, yes, hair hair health. I'm sure you will have lots of um, commentary around clean, you know, and green hair care and how to avoid toxic crap in your shampoos and conditioners.
1: Absolutely. And I, I love the gray discussion as well because it's something that I'm starting to deal with myself and I think I'm just going to let them come in. So um, yeah, we're coming I know a from lot two, of-
0: different, two different sides on that one
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering that <laughs> up like my life depends on it. <laughs> well, we'll see. That's what I say now. You know, talk yeah. to me in a year. I don't know. Well, so- I'm already completely,
0: completely white. So, caveats.
1: I, I love that. I love yeah. that. I love women with white hair. I think it is so beautiful. I would, kill. you know, I actually
0: do too. I think it's beautiful on other people. Okay. I'll take that. <laughs> Noted. Okay. Okay. We're also going to talk about the next facet, the third quadrant of the Myers Briggs personality, which is thinking versus feeling. So, those of us who go by our feelings, those of us who go by our thoughts
1: perfect. And then we are going to end it up with body positivity. It is definitely a buzzword right now. I'm, I feel like everywhere I turn, I hear, or I see someone talking about body positivity and women's images with their body. So that should be an interesting discussion. Yeah. (laughs) We're deep diving into that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Into body positivity. All right. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast.
1: You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to shepherd audio for our intro music. Take care.